people think, okay, manifestation is to get rich quick. Well, that's not really how it works because the universe doesn't respond to lack and want because on the deepest levels, you already are what you're trying to manifest. It's just you allowing yourself to realize that. All right, I'm here with Neil Bakshi. He is the, he was a vice president in investment banking at Goldman Sachs for eight years before becoming a spiritual life coach, and he's now a best-selling author, Banking of Angels. He's on a mission, guys, to help next-gen leaders find their inner peace and lasting success through the power of spirituality. Neil, welcome to the show, brother. Thank you so much for having me, Joel. I'm excited to be here, and I'm excited to talk to you. I, it's You have an amazing energy, and I think our conversation is going to be really organic and really fun. Yeah, I love it in your book too. I was just rereading some of the chapters over today, preparing for the interview. And you said energy is everything, and uh, that just stuck with me because it's so true. I've I've noticed that in my own life, like it's all energy. And we're gonna dive a little bit deep into that, man. We got this is a crazy story. We we just connected recently, and I was so fascinated by your story. I'm like, no, wait, wait, what? And uh, I'm very big on energy. I'm very big on um, quote unquote spirituality, whatever you want to call. I mean, whatever that means for some people, but. You were an investment banker, like you're like the most like type. What would you call that? Not type A, but just like left brain, as you refer to in the book. Like you're the most left brain dominant guy in the world. And within two years, now you're a spiritual life coach. You're talking to angels. You're doing channeling. Like, how did that happen? Was there a day that you realized like this is what I want to now do with my life? So it's a great question, and it goes into kind of the whole story and background of how this came about. And so just rewinding all the way to five years old. I grew up in a very spiritual family, meditating since I was five, and I had that practice, but it was kind of something I, I did because of obligation and something like karate, for example, like an extracurricular. And I started to, to get away from that as I got older, um, never really stopped meditating, but it, I never really did it with deep intention. And I wanted to make money and I wanted to get all the fancy things that we can have in this material world. And so then I followed my path to major in economics and history, work in investment banking on Wall Street and at Goldman for a total of eight years. And then what happened is in 2020, my mom very suddenly and unexpectedly passed on. And from that moment, um, the first six months were really picking up the pieces for, for my family and helping them through this as, as well as myself. And then in the first three months of 2021, I started to receive just deep downloads in my morning meditation. And it was the same thing every single day for three straight months saying, you need to help people. On, it was like on a repeat record. And I was like, I have no idea what this means. Very synchronistically, the right business coaches, the right coaching certifications, the right clients immediately started coming to me, like really immediately. And I was like, okay, this is very interesting. And then they went through a coaching programs with me and they were like wow this has been really profound like this has been really amazing they saw real results and I was like okay like maybe this is something that I can do here for people and then I was led to learn energy healing and plant medicine work and breath certified in breath work and teach people meditation and along the path in 2021 as I was guided to, to these various coaches and clients I started to communicate with angels. It first started with number sequences. Numbers surrounded my life as an investment banker. So I'm very, I pay a lot of close attention to the numbers and the sequences would not stop. They were incessant. And I was like, at first I'll dismiss them as happenstance. And then it, I was like, okay, there's something broader happening here. What, what is this? And I started to cultivate a language with those numbers. And I was like, okay, this is interesting. And then beyond that, I started to see if I could consciously talk to 
the angels or the, these beings that were trying to communicate with me. And I could. And so I started to speak to angels and I started to speak to my mom on the other side. And I was like, wow, okay, this is, there's something going on here. And then things continue to evolve and angel channeling is a big thing that I do now. I help people connect to their angels, their spirit guides. Uh, occasionally loved ones come through in those readings. And I, I, I help people with a lot of spiritual modalities and helping them step into their spiritual superpower now. And so it's been a, a gradual change, so to speak, but it's also been a very sudden change. And I think allowing the space for that to really unfold has allowed me to get there. But it's been a, it's been a really awesome journey, and I'm grateful for all of it. Yeah, man. Okay, so many cool things. I, I'm actually curious how when you i've always wondered especially when it comes to meditation there's so many different forms of meditation there's tm there's um there's i forget what that one is called but like a uh, headspace um there's just so many different kinds what is what is the practice that you gravitate to or like what's the one that you found is is the most harmonious to for you for you and, and what you're doing specifically channeling and, and talking to angels and and seeing these like these visions almost right yeah, so great question. And so I grew up on the spiritual path called Self-Realization Fellowship founded by Paramahansa Yogananda in 1920. He's an Indian guru who came to the United States to basically teach meditation. His book, Autobiography of a Yogi, is one of the foremost selling books in spirituality. And he it was even the only book Steve Jobs had on his iPad. And everyone at Steve Jobs' funeral walked out with a box and within that box, Mark Benioff, former CEO of Salesforce, talks about this, was just they opened the box on the way out and they just saw this book in the box. And it was Autobiography of a Yogi by Paramahansa Yogananda. And so the meditation techniques that he teaches are these ancient yogic techniques of meditation that are very, that are old, very old, and they're passed down through really millennia. And so the primary techniques start with Hong Sa, which is a concentration technique to really focus the will and focus the attention. There's also the OM technique, which is another way of listening into the energy centers of the specific chakras and can, allowing yourself to go deep into that energy. And then the highest form of this is Kriya Yoga. And it is a, uh, a very specific pranayama form of meditation, which is life force control in Sanskrit. And it's interesting as I continue learning about different types of meditation, Dr. Joe Dispenza's work, a number of others, I see similar overlaps, but this it is a it is definitely a different kind of, of meditation and it takes you a bit of time in learning to commit yourself to want to go deep into it because I think with anything it's about the intentionality that you go into it with is is more than anything. I love that you said that because I've started meditation, then stopped it, then started it, and then sometimes I think, ah, nothing's really happening here. I, I, I don't know. And now I've kind of had this rebirth of like meditation, just like you have started reading. I'm on my own quest and reading so much from Nisargadatta to Joe Dispenza, now your work, and they're all saying very similar but different things. And um, yeah, it's just, it just, it's just funny. And so it's great to hear that it's the intention and really the investment over time. Um, but do you think also being a kid that grew up in it has made that easier for you, obviously? Or was it really just the last three years of you just really being intentional of it? Like, do you think, I guess here's a better question. Do you think like anybody can learn what you're doing? Absolutely. I, I think anyone is capable of, of anything. And I know it sounds very motivational and inspirational, but what I've come to realize is 
the biggest thing that is actually holding us back. And it sounds like every other coach or motivational speaker out there is honestly yourself. And it is the mindset behind what you think you're actually capable of. And I think that that truly anyone is capable and has the ability to learn these techniques. And I think I am really grateful that the first number of years of my life was spent allowing me to, I was a very restless kid. I had anger problems. I had temper tantrums. I, I couldn't really concentrate. I would shuffle around. I was a very excitable kid, very emotional. And so what it allowed me to do was come into a space of greater emotional clarity so that I could start to sit still, not respond to every itch I was feeling, not feel the need to shuffle around all the time, and start to concentrate my will a little more deeply each and every day. And I think that that concentration of will with a deep intention is what gets you to experiencing those supernatural states, as Dr. Joe Dispenza calls it, um, which I think is really powerful. You talk about in the book, too, speaking of being just supernatural, you talk about in the book, you had a a pretty debilitating back injury. They wanted to do surgery on it. Maybe you can explain it, but you said you healed your back just through meditation and visualization. Like, wait, what? Talk about that. Yeah, so so this is actually a pretty wild story. It was a weightlifting injury from college, and I was doing way too much weight, ego lifting for sure. Um, And so I I felt this pop in my back back in uh, my sophomore year of college. And so ever since then, I have had I've had two herniated discs in my lower spine. They've been debilitating. I I, it's been difficult to sit for long periods of time on on planes or anywhere. And so. I even had to have a standing desk at work, all of these things. And so there was a really bad flare-up that I had right before our golf outing at Goldman Sachs, actually. And so I was complete. I couldn't even lie in bed because the bed was too soft. And so I was, I was on the floor of my apartment for a week straight. I couldn't move. I was taking muscle relaxers. I, I, it, was, it was really horrible. I could only get up to really go to the bathroom or get food delivered from my front door. And my friend recommended, he said, you know, you should read this book called Healing Back Pain by Dr. John Sarno. And so I picked it up, actually an audio book, because I was like, I, I was taking these muscle, muscle relaxers and I couldn't even like really focus or concentrate. I was in so much pain. And I listened to the book and then I listened to it again. And then he reveals, and I took notes and he reveals these, these basically like these affirmations or these ways that you can think psychologically instead of physiologically about the pain. And I put that into concerted action into my life on a very consistent basis for about three to four months because so dr sarno had passed on he was a rehabilitation doctor at nyu and which is right by my apartment in new york his protege dr ira rashbaum didn't have appointments for months three to four months and so i ended up putting into place this healing protocol as he laid out in his book by the time the appointment came around i was nearly completely healed and i was like this is pretty insane and since then, I, I haven't felt the need to take muscle relaxers. They're like, you're going to need surgery within your lifetime because it was so bad from the x-rays, from the MRIs. And lo and behold, I didn't even know about energy healing or any of that. I just followed these ways to think psychologically instead of physiologically, as he calls it, and everything changed. And once you start to realize that this is the part of the mind-body connection that you can really tap into, your mind has an incredible amount of power to really change everything, which is why when you ask, is this something anyone can do? I really believe that that's true if you believe it's possible. Mm, yeah, 
So good. I was just thinking of like some of the things I read with Nisgradata. He says like this is where you come to destroy your mind, like almost like eliminate all these ideas that you might have or what you formerly believe. <laughs> in a, in many ways, like you're, it's it's almost like an oxymoron. Like wait, I'm not supposed to think about things like in order to to get some of these results, right? Um, so it's amazing. All right, you wrote a book, Banking on Angels. It's an amazing book. It's going to be a bestseller. But people don't just write books because. They have something they want to say. They want to get out to the world. They want to change lives. Like, what was it for you that you felt like was missing out there, and that this book needs to be written? Yeah. So, so a couple things. And so, the book was very much a message that wanted to get out. And you're right. And so, I talk about my story as an investment banker, mixed with the sudden and unexpected passing of my mom, mixed with these tangible practices that I put into my life as it relates to self-awareness, removing distractions, meditation, experimenting with different parts of my life. And then ultimately, you, you mentioned Tim Ferriss, and, and Tim is known for his four-hour four hour self-help series. And so what I essentially unknowingly did was started to find ways that I could be efficient with my personal growth practice and my spiritual growth practice. Because as an investment banker, time is of the essence, right? You're working, I was working like 60, 80, 100 hour work weeks. And so I was like, how can I get this in? And so I was waking up back then like 4.30 and it became 3.30 when I started to really meditate deeply. And I created this five segment pillars of greater fulfillment, five, five pillars of greater fulfillment that I don't start my day without. And I streamlined it into a single page five-minute journaling practice. I don't start my day without it because I notice the shift that it has in my mindset entirely. And these five pillars are, are, are gratitude, they're letting go and emotional clarity, they're affirmations and reprogramming the subconscious mind, magic and synchronicity, and manifestation. And so while Tim is out here, your four-hour four work week, your four-hour body, this is really how can you streamline your personal growth and spiritual growth in a five-minute journaling practice that I have seen tremendous results in over the last couple of years. And uh, yeah, I just want to share it with people because it has impacted me and I know it's going to impact a lot of people too. By far, that the book is worth gold for the stories and everything in it, but the five pillars of greater fulfillment, I was... I started doing it as soon as I finished the book. I started implementing it in my life. I thought it was fabulous, and I'm going to tell you why. There's lots of books out there. The Five Minute Journal, it's a gratitude book. I have it here. A lot of people swear by that, and they love it, and they do it, and it, it is great. You have, you've stumbled upon something, I have to say. It's, it's, it's slightly different. And um, one of the big things, just for example, letting go. A big thing in my life, and you talk about it, you mentioned it on the podcast. One of my mentors, Dave Meltzer, says, Joel, it's, it's about y y you want to get somewhere fast? Stop. Y you're interfering with it. You're creating that interference. You were made perfect. You were ready to do all these things. Just like you said, you're the one interfering with it. And I, I never thought of actively priming the my body the way we prime our mind with gratitude, but I never thought about actively priming the mind for letting go. Because there's always these things that we need to let go of that are probably interfering with that frequency that we all want. I thought that was great, uh, the number two. Affirmations, too. I've never heard of somebody talk about you, – you rephrased it, and there's something in the book that people need to pick up. You said you should ask a question. 
I never heard of that. And do you want to explain like why we all have heard the I am statements? I am this. I am happy. And for a lot of people, that doesn't work. Why do you think it doesn't work? And then talk about one of the little hacks that you you bring in the book that I think is just so magical. Yeah, of course. And and so it's called lofty questions. And so affirm, the normal I am affirmations have their place. They're very empowering. You can feel really empowered and, and a deep level of self-belief after. But what can also happen is counteractively, your ego mind can say, okay, well, if you want to say I am physically healthy and strong, but you don't actually feel that way, then your body's not going to actually take in that feeling. And what you think you become and what you feel you attract. And so if you don't allow yourself to actually feel that, then you're not going to actually embody that feeling. And so what lofty questions do, it's a, it's a method I, I learned from one of the teachers uh, on, on the platform Mind Valley, which has had an incredible impact on my own personal growth journey is you ask yourself an action-oriented question. Because what it does is it triggers the brain's reticular activating system, which is right at the back of your head. And it, it basically connects the, the brainstem to, to your brain. And so what this does is it allows you to focus on ways that you already are that. So you ask, for example, why am I so physically strong and healthy? And then what I'll actually do is after I write that down, I will pause for a few moments and list out two or three ways in which I already am that. Because in doing so, you allow your energy and more than just energy, you allow yourself to feel that you already are that. And then that actually is what attracts and magnetizes that to you on this cellular level, on the quantum level of energy, which we all are. Love it. On an, a quick question on that. Is it important, you say you write it down every day, you're writing down these statements. Is it important to write it down or what if I write something down and then I just look at it, I read it, I visualize, I embody it? Is that Would that also work or do you feel there's something magical about actually writing something down? There's something magical about writing something down and words are really powerful and our, our minds it can really continue to run around in circles with the idea that we have processed something or fully understood something. But when we allow ourselves to write it down, we are creating separation from the thought in and of itself. And you can see it in tangible form. One, you feel it as you write out the, the words actively. You're doing the actual process of writing it. Two, you see it as you write it as well. So you're in taking it in through multiple senses. And then when you also write it out, it sends a message out that says, okay, I'm very intentional that this is actually in my life. This is something I'm focused on, even with aspects of manifestation. And we just did a manifestation workshop last night, actually. And, and a core aspect is really writing out the intention. Because when you have that separation, you put it out there and you see it, you're able to really put that intention into the universe with fervent belief. And you allow that to come back to you. And it also, I think... Writing allows you to listen to your soul on a deeper level. It gives your soul a voice and it allows you to, to one, notice trends that are happening in your life. So with this five pillar practice, over a couple periods, I'll, I'll see trends. I'll be like, huh, interesting. I'm grateful for the same thing over this couple weeks span. Or why am I trying to, why do I want to affirm this same thing? Or why am I trying to manifest this same thing over a number of weeks? You spot trends 
And then you can also go back. So there's a beautiful quote that says, people who journal and reflect live life twice. Because you can go back and you look at that and you're like, wow, that's unbelievable. Like I put out this intention and then you see it through because we can have these deep experiences. And even after meditation, what I'll do sometimes is I'll pull out a special meditation mini notebook journal and write down things that came to me in meditation. Life is so fleeting. We go through life so quickly and we're constantly externally stimulated by phone calls, text messages, our partners, our work, emails, that we don't have time to really sometimes remember what it is that we actually came to. That's why like to-do lists or even writing down what you want to buy at a grocery store, like that's why these things are actually so powerful. And the same thing goes with your own life, but few people realize the power in that. So amazing. What a great explanation. I love that. I wanted to ask you about your fifth pillar manifestation. I was going to ask you, what do you see? Everyone wants to manifest uh, the perfect body, six-pack abs. Everybody wants to manifest wealth. I think that's a big one. Um, But so what do you see is the most common mistake? What are people doing wrong when they want to manifest all these things? I love this question. This is such a beautiful question. People manifest from a place of wanting and a place of lack. And so you can't just, people think, okay, manifestation, it's like, get rich quick. Well, that's not really how it works because the universe doesn't respond to lack and want because on the deepest levels, you already are what you're trying to manifest. It's just you allowing yourself to realize that. And so it has to do with the law of resonance. And so the beautiful example that I love is if you play a guitar and you record it and then you play back that recording on a speaker and put that guitar on the speaker, you will see that as the specific notes play on the speaker, the string will vibrate on the guitar. And what that is, is that's resonance. And that's how your physical human body operates as well, because as we talk about, everything is energy that resonates at vibrational frequencies. So what happens is your energy, you manifest who you are. You don't manifest what you want. And so that's why it's about embodying that belief that you already are that, which is why affirmations are so powerful. And this entire five pillars completely flows into one another and are all very interconnected. And so the biggest mistake is manifesting from a place of lack or want. And it really is about deep and fervent belief that you already are that because you are. You are the creator power. You have the ability to create your life. And it's that belief that you're just now magnetizing that reality or that aspect to you in a co-creative manner where you also put yourself into concerted action to, to co-create with the universe. So good. So, so good. Quick question on the manifestation and that I am statement with, coupled with affirmations. When I, and I haven't finished it, but when I read Nisargadatta, I am that, he says, it's just I am. There is no anything after that. You are just I am. That's who you are. And so I, then I get confused as a novice manifester myself. Am I, should I be saying I am whatever I want to manifest or am I just nothingness? Am I, I am like, that, that's it. How do you, how do you, how do you see that? It's, it's amazing because so my own journey in the beginning, I was, I was manifesting these physical things. And so what I was manifesting was my job as a coach or the, the career that I wanted and the clients that started coming to me and the the lifestyle that I wanted, the ability to travel, all of these things. And that's the beginning of my journey. And the beauty about writing a book is it's a snapshot in time of where you are. And I think 
even after I've published this book already, I've grown tremendously in my own self. And so now I'm at the point where I realize that, yes, like there really are just these, these, you are a spiritual being. And so there are spiritual, there are just spiritual goals. And so when my, the biggest thing I'm manifesting for myself right now is the strength and awareness to surrender into the love of the, the universe, the divine God, whatever word you want to use in the present moment with gratitude. Because when I manifest that, I can handle the ups in life, I can handle the downs in life, it all just isness. And I am just along for the ride, I'm just the observer. And there's so many aspects of this. I, I think a beautiful book is The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. It talks about this and you, you really are just the observer. And so in the beginning I was really like, okay, I'm manifesting all these physical things. But now it's just like, okay, let me surrender in, into it a little bit and know that I don't know. I, I just don't know, right? Like I'm yeah. not, I, I don't think I'm the, like I know what is the best thing for me necessarily. We have these preconceived notions of what we think we want, but we don't necessarily know that when we get those things that they're going to necessarily make us happy because we've never had those things. So now it's just becoming, I will just, I just want the strength and awareness to surrender into that love of the universe in the present moment with gratitude because that's all there is. And so that is what I'm manifesting now and it goes very closely to understanding I am, right? I am just isness and I'm yeah. just observing the happening as it's happening and just, yeah. I, that's so good. It, you, I remember hearing someone on Lewis Howe's podcast. Uh, it's a, a form of meditation. They teach some kind of, I can't think of the name, uh, maybe offline I'll remember, but I remember he asked her, like, what is greatness? I think, or whatever he asked all his guests. I, don't, I haven't listed it in a while. And she said, for her, it's always living in a state of bliss. And she said, similar to your answer, she said, if I am in a state of bliss, like, really, there's nothing I can't tackle. Like, what problem, what could possibly arise that if I am in this state, there's nothing I can't handle? Um, kind, of, kind of similar to kind of what you're saying. I am. Like, that, that's it. Like, I can, anything that comes my way, I can handle. So whether it's being broke, whether it's getting injured, anything that we would think is a, is a travesty or whatever. It's like, no, it's fine. I'll, I'll be fine. So I, You hit on the point right there. And it's like, for example, even something like getting sick or, or something like really terrible happening, we will realize months or years down the line, oh, you know, the silver lining was this, like, you know, it really, this was really great. But I think that that's exactly what it is. What happens when we can allow ourselves to come back into gratitude in that moment is it changes our entire perception of that. Yeah. It changes everything. Yeah. So good. I want to touch really quickly on your fourth pillar, synchronicity. I, I would have never thought that this was important. And so I'm actually curious to you, why is it important when we see these events that are just serendipitous or we're like, man, that was such a good coincidence or I've had it too. And you talk about in the book, like I was thinking about somebody and then the next thing I know I got a text or whatever. We have these synchronous moments. By the way, I was out, uh, I was talking to my wife about this very thing. And uh, in Idaho where I'm at, it's, you can't see, but it, it's, it snowed the last couple of days. So our driveway is frozen and I didn't get to it in time. So I need to go out and get, I was like, I think I'm going to go get a blowtorch. And my wife's like, I don't know if that's a good idea. I'm like, nah, I looked at it. It's, it's a good idea. And so anyways, I'm, I asked a couple of people. They got back to me with different responses. I'm riding my bicycle to the store with my boys. And this guy is out blowtorching his driveway. I'm like, 
this is crazy. Like, how did that? I'm like, sir, does this work? Really work? Will I damage my driveway? And he's like, yeah, kid, it works all the time. No big deal. So here was something I was like looking for an answer. And I just thought, wow, that's a synchronicity. Normally, I would never write it down. After reading your book and kind of taking these practices in, I'm like, maybe I should start writing these down. But why do you think it's important that we actually notice these things and write three things down daily that, that are you know, synchronous? It's the same thing with a gratitude practice. What you appreciate appreciates and what you, where energy goes, attention flows, right? And vice versa, where attention goes, energy flows. And so by being able to consciously stop and reflect on these moments, they start to magnify. They start to occur more frequently. You start to realize them, or maybe they don't even occur more frequency, frequently, but you notice them happening more frequently because they're always happening around us. And all it takes is us to be a little bit more present, a little bit more aware of what they are. And when we allow ourselves to open up to that, reflect on what that actually is, we start to build that muscle of, okay, in what other ways are synchronicities unfolding in my life? And as I've started to do this, it's unbelievable. Magic just unfolds around you. You're led to the right people to, to speak to. You're led to the right people to coach you or guide you on your next phase. And that's been my favorite part of synchronicity is the people that I've been able to meet. But not just beyond that, Maybe you're led to, a, to walk into a certain store and find exactly what you need to find for someone. And it allows you to feel this sense of you're not going through life alone. There's something greater happening around you. When you allow yourself to tune into that, you see that there really are no coincidences. And so maybe it's you end up sitting next to a certain person who you end up starting this business partnership with or you end up maybe like dating them or something like that you're led to these situations in really beautiful ways and i think a great visual of this is we're all just balls of yarn on this earth and we are weaving our yarn everywhere we go through every interaction we have every communication we have and what happens is we intertwine with other people along their paths and then that's why you you have this whole concept of six degrees of separation and that's really what synchronicity is, is allows you to tap into that aspect of energy that is all around us, that is quantumly entangled, to stop and notice the magic present in our lives that is creating these miracles, regardless of how big or how small, in these, in these little everyday moments. And that's a little bit of what angel numbers are as well. That's a big part of how I started communicating with angels is through numbers. And so being able to stop and spot, like, okay, I see... 111 or 222 333 like these repeating patterns you slowly start to then say okay like what else is what else can i notice here and it started to turn into maybe there's feathers on the ground maybe i stop to be more present about what i see written in a storefront window that's actually giving me a direct sign maybe it's asking for a sign and then starting to receive it and so what synchronicity is is i think it's a doorway in order to be able to start communicating with your angels with other loved ones on the other side with your own higher power or higher self even. And so that's really the magic of synchronicity is it opens this incredible gateway. Perfect, perfect segue because I wanted to ask you about how you talk with angels because to me that seems like, okay, there's meditation, there's writing down our gratitudes, there's letting go, there's affirmations, there's synchronicity, there's manifestation. This is a whole nother level. Like I, I can't even fathom that. So and I wanted to ask you, or maybe you can even just touch on what you just said. Why are angel numbers, as you refer to it, why is, why is that important to you? Or why are these numbers magical and, and hold, this, hold these meanings? And I don't even know where these numbers actually come from. Is this like from 
yeah, I have no idea from back in the time. When, when were these numbers, you know, when did we say, oh, these are angel numbers or these are signs? Yeah, so, so it actually started back in 600 BC and around that time. Pythagoras, I don't know if you remember him from math class, geometry class in eighth grade, where you learned about the Pythagorean theorem and how to solve for the side of a triangle. Yeah. He is known as the father of numerology. And so he stated that every number carries a specific vibrational frequency and an energy with it. And so there's even studies around this, like numerology, for example, that talk about the specific vibrations that numbers carry and what they mean. And as you get deeper into numerology, they each carry specific meanings. And so like one is, for example, is all about creation and two is about duality or partnership and three is about being able to tap into spiritual guidance. And so there's master numbers and you can get even deeper into all of this and they all correlate to specific structures and specific dimensions or specific densities of light. And so you can go down any amount of rabbit hole down this that you want. But ultimately what I started to cultivate is an awareness of these numbers. I started to be like, okay, what is, what does this mean? So part of me was Googling. Part of me was like in meditation, like what am I supposed to receive from this? And so I started to like any other language, everyone has their own slang or their own way of communicating in every language their own vocabulary or whatever that is, numbers are the same way. And so while there are basic footprints of what numbers can mean, it's important to cultivate your own language with them. And that's what I started to do. And then from there, I was like, okay, like I'm clearly starting to now communicate. And they actually allow me the ability to be present, to slow down, because I notice them. They allow me the ability to tap into gratitude in the present moment, because we rarely go through our day and are like, Oh, four, four, four. I'm grateful. But what I do is I stop and I'm like, thank you angels for reminding me of your presence. And that pulls their energy towards me even closer. And then what happened from there is I was like, okay, let's start communicating with them. Let me start asking for signs. I would ask for specific signs. I would immediately receive them back. And same thing would happen with my mom. And it like the, some of the stories are just incredible. Like I cultivated this sign of a rose with my mom, for example. And when I was in Egypt, this was a trip I was supposed to take with her before she passed. And I, I ended up rescheduling it for years after COVID. And I started to ask for signs of a rose. And within a two hour span, I went to an, the essence store in Egypt. And they were, the first thing they talked about was this Egyptian rose essence. And then we, I walked out and on the side of the cab I was taking, it said red rose travel. And then I get onto this boat that I take up the Nile cruise. I start talking to the pastry chef. And he's like, oh, look at this bouquet of chocolate roses I just made. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm getting all of these signs. And so I was like, okay, like there's clearly more happening here. And so I started to cultivate this language of just asking, receiving, and then I started to speak. And so it, it first happened just telepathically in my mind. And I would start to, it's like, it's like a pushed sense into your mind that it's like, before you even finish a question or a thought, it's just like, answer and it's just like interesting okay and then i was led to these these angel cards i have no idea how it even happened i've never bought oracle cards or angel cards or anything like that it just it, i cannot even remember the way this happened and then i started to just after my meditations morning and night pull angel cards start to understand what they meant started to ask for specific guidance and it changed my energy. It changed my life. It changed the way I went around my daily life. I was like, wow, I'm really being given guidance and signs here. And so I started to do that. And then I went through these retreats and 
and people started just asking me that like they're like can you do readings for us and i was like interesting i've never done readings for people but yeah i guess i could and i would do these readings and people were blown away they would start crying they would just be like you were channeling something i was like was i really like what what's happening <laughs> and then so over time i just i started doing it and i started really cultivating this like craft or skill and as i continue to do it people who have crossed over from other loved ones that i do readings for sometimes come through in them and that's something that i've completely not cultivated consciously it's something i want to learn how to cultivate more consciously because it feels very powerful and healing for the person but it's just kind of been this evolution and journey of just allowing myself to flow into the things that actually bring me joy and inner peace and simultaneously is something that I can offer others as a way to tap into energies that are guiding them. Yeah, so cool, man. Um, I know we're, I want to wrap things up in a little bit, but I wanted to ask you, when people come to work with you, like, who is some of the, like, who, who do you want to work with? Who's like the best clients? And like, what can they expect? Like, what is, uh, what do calls look like? Or what is the coaching process? Maybe you can kind of just, you know, give people uh, kind of an idea what that looks like. Yeah, that's a great question. And so the people that I have been historically working with are CFOs of healthcare tech companies, entrepreneurs and founders of other tech startups, uh, biotech executives, financiers, so other people working in the in the finance world, consultants. I've even been working with therapists as well. So really the gamut of the people that I interact with are primarily these working professionals is the main sort of, because I, I can relate to that on a very deep level and I can understand that. And so simultaneously, what a lot of people come to me with, I've, I've understood that the overarching theme is clarity. It all comes down to clarity and that's what people are seeking. And so the way it is custom, custom tailored to people is very different though, because some people might be looking for clarity more so within their home and family life. Some people are looking for clarity within their career and stepping out into something that they may have never done before in terms of starting their own business or wanting to leave corporate or some people want clarity in terms of deepening their spirituality and deepening their connection to spirituality helping them around meditation visualization techniques and going deeper into inner child healing going into chakra and energy balancing and so understanding more masculine feminine energy and so all of these things are things that i intertwine maybe it's breathwork modalities to release trauma um, emotional release techniques to release emotions trapped in the body. So it, it really depends on what the specific person is looking for, but it's all very much focused around spiritual growth because as I talk about in the book, we have these four core energetic bodies. It's our physical body, our emotional body, our mental body, and our spiritual body. And so allowing all of those to come into balance is where we're able to first gain perspective to see, see the I am and then allow ourselves to feel that deep level of inner peace to get to where we want to be where things don't need to feel like you're going up against resistance and in such a struggle all the time and so a lot of it comes back to how can people start to feel more attuned to that spiritual body and so it really depends on what that specific person's journey is because everyone is very different but that's just a little bit of the different modalities that i interfuse yeah just just a just a few that you infuse. <laughs> hey what um you know speaking of that what are some testimonials or what have you heard or you know when when again when we think of manifestation people are thinking like i want to you know make a lot of money but anyways i mean is there any examples or where you've worked with somebody just recently and 
you know, next thing you know, they were struggling with their business and they're, they're making $5 million now or something, or just anything that just jumps out to you. I don't know. Yeah. I think one of the, one of the most recent ones, there's probably two that really stick out to me as you, as you say this intuitively. One was someone who was having a really difficult time with his, uh, their partner and their marriage and their relationship. And we went really deep in terms of dissecting what's going on. And it ended up not even necessarily being the relationship that was the issue, but it's all of these aspects within the person's own personal life that had started to become off track and, and imbalanced. And so that was around the time they spent on their job, the way that they showed up in their relationship, the way that their own personal growth practice had stalled, the way that their own physical health and fitness practice had stalled. And so it makes you realize that life is this interconnected wheel and one area spills over into the other. And it may not be immediately obvious that, wait, okay, it's, it's this relationship that's struggling, but it's actually all these other aspects within my own self that have been falling to the wayside, which is leading to the relationship struggling. And so when you take the time to consciously dive into that, you start to see the overlaps and then you see the relationship improve and you see the, the love tank improve. And so that's just one aspect. And the other one is, I think really big is, is releasing trapped emotions and allowing people to go deep into the inner child healing work. And I love taking people through inner child guided journeys because it's important to really integrate that side of us. And a lot of people, feel these things between the ages of zero and seven where they're unable to really process them because they're really not that consciously aware and able to do that. Maybe it's projected emotions, or maybe it's even felt emotions, but allowing yourself to go back there, heal those wounds, you allow yourself to step into a brighter version of yourself. Yeah. Wow. That's the, that's that deep work too. Uh, it's so funny too. I always tell clients, there's no such thing as a work-life balance. Like it's all connected. So it all matters. You can't be driving a Ferrari and your health just be crap. Like it, you can and you, you might do okay in life, but you'll never reach the highest version of who you are. And matter of fact, you could probably triple your money if your health was dialed in, right? So uh, I love that. Um, I wanted to ask, you know, any exciting projects that you're working on? Obviously the book is dropping, but uh, anything else? What's, what's coming after the book? What's coming after the book is uh, there's another message that feels very compelled to get out there, and it's likely in the form of a TEDx talk. So I'm refining the message on that, but it's just something that feels like it needs to be it just needs to be out there for, for people to, to step into. And I think it's a way of both helping individuals and also I feel very called to help corporations as well because I think we are at a place where corporations are also energetically imbalanced. And if we go back to the even origin of the word corporation, it comes back to all being one and the extension of one, right? Corpus, corp. Yeah. And so I think there's an aspect of let's, let's see how we can integrate that to, to help our businesses, to help the world as a whole and to help individuals. So that is something that's on the horizon as well. Love it. Love it. Before we jump into some, deep but thought-provoking questions uh, <laughs> uh anything i didn't ask you that you wish i had that's a great question i think i think everything that needs to be asked is is asked right it goes hand in hand with everything happens for a reason and 
everything just is meant to everything flows the way it is meant to flow and i think that you you hit on everything from spirituality to tangible practices to angels to to personal growth and and what coaching looks like and so i think it's you really hit on on the breadth of things and yeah i think that's i think that's a lot of it yeah I already know I'm going to have you on for a part two, so it, I don't know when that will be, but I, I'm not too worried about it. So I, I love what you said. Uh, I always think about like everything's happening because everything's happening, right? Um, all right, I'm curious, man. And what are some what are some choices, or maybe a choice that you made in your life that you think made you who you are today? Wow, that is that is a deep and thought provoking question. <laughs> it's not a lightning round question. We're, we're changing it up. We're changing it up here. Wow. I mean, this is, it's actually, uh, it's a much deeper question. And, and I think it comes down to the fact that everything in life is a choice. It's something that I've really honed in on and, and realized recently. I think the, the biggest thing that, the biggest choice that I've made that has changed my life is meditation and doing that intentionally and doing that with a deep concentration and, and will to go deep in meditation and experience those deep mystical experiences i think that has been the biggest change because that choice and being intentional with that led me to leave my what many would believe to be a very comfortable predictable happy like very very well financed job in the investment banking world and you so you had it made you had yeah. it made on the outside yeah. you had it made you had the good life why why would you quit Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, so, so that choice of meditation and choosing to go deep to understand who I was and and what really meditation can do for you with a deep intention to do it with like fervent belief of like, yes, I'm going deep. Like I'm like, I'm, I'm capable of this mm. is the biggest choice that changed my life. Love it. You're doing so much, I think in the health and wellness world or spiritual world. I'm curious, like who inspires you? Is there anybody that, that you follow or that, that, that you are just getting a lot of insight from? Oh, I could, I could, the, the list is long. The, n number one has to be my guru, Paramahansa Yogananda. His teachings are invaluable. They're very deep. They're very profound and they hold deep spiritual truths within them. That is one, A Course in Miracles, the text that was scribed is also incredible. It was prescribed by a Columbia professor of psychology over 10, over seven years. And she said it was basically downloaded or channeled into her. It is one of the most profound, deep books to elevate your vibration. The uh, Jay Shetty's amazing. Peter Crone's incredible. Dr. Joe Dispenza, Gabby Bernstein, Pema Chodron, Michael Singer. A lot of these really amazing thought leaders who have written fantastic books and continue to, to teach. Bob Proctor, uh, who passed on. Um, really, all of these very beautiful teachers are are extremely influential and uh, i think personal growth is is huge right now and being able to tap into any aspect of personal growth that excites you is something that i urge everyone to lean into whether it's whether it's djing knitting financial expertise and knowledge all of that can only go to to help you evolve where you want to get to yeah, I couldn't agree more. I love that. And you talk about that in the book, the importance of investing in yourself. I see so many people that I come across and they won't invest. And I understand that, you know, things cost money, but 
as you know, money's just a belief. So I'm like, go, man. You, you need this. You got to invest. And um, I found I've gotten just so many more ideas and better. I've learned so much by investing in coaching and, and working with the best. It, it's, it's, it's just worth it. And I, I love that you talk about that in the book. I, I think it's so important because I, I never realized the importance of that. My entire life, per, 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 sorry, professional growth was synonymous with personal growth. And so I think you actually uncouple the two because they are different. And you realize that, yes, there is professional growth, but there is also personal growth. And personal growth can lead to these even more profound insights. And that's actually important for people to think about. You can invest your, your, your money into stocks. You can invest your time. You can invest your energy. And so all of that leads you results. But when you actually invest in your own personal growth, you realize and reap results from the inside that ripple outwards into every other part of your life. Yeah, man. Um, I was going to ask you what books you recommend. Is there like a top one to three? You listed a couple out there, Course of Miracles. Um, you mentioned Bob Proctor and Tethered Soul by Michael Singer. Yeah, but is there like a top one to three that you think, hey, man, this had a huge impact on my life. I would recommend everyone should probably go out and read this book. Autobiography of a Yogi. Steve Jobs even mentioned it, right? Yeah. So that's number one. I mean, the stories that he talks about in that book are, are just awe-inspiring if you're into spirituality and, and meditation and, and that belief of the divine. The Power of Now, Eckhart Tolle, amazing book, timeless classic. Michael Singer's Untethered Soul, The Course in Miracles, It's Becoming Supernatural, Dr. Joe Dispenza. I think all these books, the, the Raw Contact, Teaching the Law of One, R-A, The Raw Contact, unbelievable book it was actually a channeled work collective of three people who channeled a sixth density social memory complex known as raw really unbelievable very dense book to understand but it's um it, it helps you understand deeper truths and you can listen to what resonates with you but that was also an amazing book that i read yeah very cool last two questions we'll wrap it up any rituals hacks practices anything that you do on a regular basis such as gratitude journaling um that has a profound effect on you. Yes. Yeah, so as we've talked about separately, my morning practice is five hours long. I get up at three thirty-three in the morning, angel number. And one is energization exercises. I consciously charge my body with pranic life force energy. And that actually allows your body to stay vital and, and strong because each cell in your body is conscious. And when you send energy consciously into your body, you allow yourself to be in that very strong physical state. Meditation, working out every day that's extremely important right for energetic bodies it's important to take care of the physical the vehicle of the soul i uh reading and journaling so the five pillars any any form of morning pages as well and reading just something in the morning to start getting your mindset in the right space before you jump into work just gonna allow yourself to to feel calm present here have all been incredible practices that are core aspects of my my morning routine I love that. Last but not least, Neil Bakshi, where can people find you, connect with you, learn more about you, go out and get the book? Of course. So you can get the book, Banking on Angels, How an Investment Banker Found Spiritual Fulfillment and Inner Peace on Amazon. And you can find me on Instagram at neil.bakshi. You can also check out my website, neilbakshi.com. And that's where you can find me and connect with me. And I'd love if you just shot me a note. And you can just email me directly, neil at neilbakshi.com. I love just connecting with people. As we talked about synchronicity, 
you're really led to the right people in your lives and everything evolves and unfolds. And I think we're here to connect with one another and really lift one another up. So love to just hear from people and connect with people. So that's what I'm here to do. Yeah. Love that, brother. Thank you so much for being on the show. Appreciate you. Thank you, Joel. Thanks for having me. 